I was going to do another episode this weekend because technically I already put one up but I feel like that's kind of cheating because I recorded that ages ago and um so anyway I decided I'd, I'd do one I'd do another one for this week where I'm actually talking uh rather than uh performing a concert but anyway um but I've been recording like Christmas stuff this weekend because I have some seasonal surprises for you guys is oh, oh that was good wasn't it <laughs> um and I, I I was sort of editing some stuff and I was like oh my god I really miss George Michael like I just do you know what I mean I don't even know why I'm thinking about that today well, maybe it's because I listened to Last Christmas like six times in the process of editing. I mean, I didn't have to, but, you know, I did. <sighs> anyway. Um, yes, so I'm... Oh, no, come back. Sorry. My other phone just like slipped away from me and I've lost where I was. Oh, it's so annoying. Cause I I have two phones as you may have noticed. And and the other one I was I'm using to read stuff for the parts of the show where I read stuff. I I dropped it. Anyway, oh my god, I'm rambling. Like that's not important. Anyway, um Where was I? Yes. So uh hi it's a new episode let's do the new episode and and like me stop talking how about that close to sleep, desperate to wake up in your dreams, intoxicated by your energy, wrapped around your fingers like a silk ribbon. Purged of my purity, I am a portrait of passion, smitten kitten, helpless, held in your gaze, in your grasp, gasping for air, gripped in a kiss that consumes me completely. Haunted by a desire that never leaves. Love sick because my skin seeks out your hands but only finds them when we dream. The world is yours. And so am I. I wrote that last night, like Monday night. 
Um, and it's really weird because I had lots of dreams last night, like loads. Um, I've had lots of weird dreams lately, actually. I tend to wake up like in the middle of the night, like I fall asleep quite early. And then I wake up at sort of two, three in the morning. And then I fall back asleep again and have another dream. So I have lots of dreams lately. The other day, I had a dream that there was um, a tuberculosis outbreak in the UK, which made me very nervous and scared because... (laughs) Well, I mean, why wouldn't it, you know? I mean, uh, it's horrible. Um, Michael Gove was there, which I think made the whole thing worse. Um, so that was not a good dream to have and I did not have a good time. And then I had another one the night after. Um, I think these are like mostly over the weekend, like Friday, Saturday night. I had one, I was at, there's this refugee camp in Syria where lots of um, members of ISIS are. Like, it's where they found, like, Shamima Begum and stuff. And I was there, right? Um, I don't know why I was there, because, well, why would I be? And my boyfriend was with me for some reason. And I go in... And Cheryl Hull from Drag Race UK was there and she was in prison there because she had been a member of ISIS. And I was like, like, it didn't even phase me in the dream. I was like, okay, Cheryl Hull, we're going to get you back to the UK. And she, it was so weird. I, I woke up like, what the fuck was that? What? I... I haven't even watched Drag Race UK recently. And I have never been to this camp. So I... Anyway. So, (laughs) I've been having lots of weird dreams. So I sort of... I wrote something about dreams. But I wanted to kind of, like, manifest good dreams that would be nice for me. After, you know, the whole... TB stuff and then going to a, a camp and finding Cheryl, you know, Cheryl Hole. And I wanted a nice dream. So I was like, okay, I'm going to manifest this. And I did in a way, but I had to struggle through some stuff to get there. <laughs> so, like I said, I had a number of dreams uh, last night. One of them, like the ones out of the ones I can remember, there was one, uh, I think this is quite early. In, in my sleep, in my in my night. Um, I was, is where one of my uh, ex-boyfriends used to live from when I was at uni, uh, where he used to live in London, and I was there. And he was there, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't just him. There was, like, lots of my friends and stuff. And we, <laughs> it was so weird. We were all going to my friend's wedding. Because um, one of my friends got married recently. Um, but I couldn't go to his wedding because they, um, originally I was going to go. But obviously with 
you know, all the changes to weddings over the last few months, I think him and him and his wife just wanted to just wanted to do it. So they're like, we're just going to go uh, during the, the period over the summer where, you know, where people could actually get married again. You know, it's very limited numbers for a wedding. But I think they thought, you know what, it's now or never. We, we, we want to do this. So they went and they got married, which is lovely. And I'm um, I'm so happy for them. It's like one of the nice things that has come out of all this. You know what I mean? Um, so in this dream, we're going to their wedding and I'm thinking, oh, why am I... Because obviously I've got my, you know, the ex-boyfriend from when I was at uni. I'm thinking, why am I bringing you? You and this guy don't get along. You and, <laughs> you and my friend that's getting married, you don't like each other. Why am I taking you to his wedding? It's really weird. So we, we go off to go to this wedding and then he changes from that boyfriend to another ex-boyfriend I'm thinking well you see you didn't know this guy that I'm friends with so why am I taking you and I'm and it's just it literally like cycled through loads of them and I'm like for goodness sake just be one person and and in the end I just ran off and I went to the wedding myself and I didn't I didn't take anyone which is weird <laughs> so then I woke up from that right and I had another one <laughs> Um, I had a dream about my mum. It wasn't like anything, anything special or crazy. It was just, you know, we were just, um, she's got a, a a nice park near her. And we just went to the park. Um, But it didn't look like, do you know what I mean? Like I I knew I was there, but it didn't look like it at all. My brain does this all the time when I dream. I'll be like, okay, I'm in this place, even though it looks nothing like it. It's weird. Um, I have, for example, I have lots of dreams where in the dream, I know in my head I'm in Blackpool, but it doesn't look like it, if that makes sense. Like, my dream and, like, my head are telling me we're in Blackpool, but I know that we're not because I know what it looks like. And I'm like, this is not it. Like, sometimes I have dreams of what it actually looks like, but sometimes I have dreams and it's a very different landscape and I'm thinking okay you're telling me I'm in this place but I know that I'm not but okay um <laughs> I dream about that a lot because I love going there as you know but anyway so I'm with my mum we're at the park and it was just a, just a nice nice little visit to the park it's quite nice um and I woke up and I couldn't get back to sleep for a bit I couldn't get back to sleep till about half five which was annoying because I had to be up like an hour later and <laughs> so I fell back to sleep eventually. I dream about my boyfriend, and I was just lying there. And he said he had to get up. I think that may have been like my brain telling me I had to get up because I could hear my alarm in the dream, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. And he's like, I have to get up, and he he kept <laughs> he kept saying it, and I'm like, oh, shut up. And then he kissed me, and it was really great. And then, like, he got up, and then I woke up, and I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, waking up in the darkness on my own after that was just a proper downer. But it was quite nice in the moment, you know, in the dream when it lasted and that. And so I successfully manifested that. Hooray! (laughs) Um, I think I'm going to have to keep doing that to, to ward off, you know, TB because that was obviously that was fucking horrible it was like proper dystopian and everything 
and for some reason I was in a car with Michael Gove for a lot of it and I don't understand why I don't even know the man I know I know that you know I (laughs) I have a bit of a weakness for Scottish people but not that one all right he is the one Scottish person that has no kind of shot with me well actually that's not true there's also like Douglas Ross um pretty much every member of the, the conservative party from there just no um why was he there what did it mean i don't understand i'm confusion maybe it's my brain trying to t- <laughs> trying to tell me something but i don't know what i but i have my i have my bcg vaccine so i should be okay I should be fine for TB. I'm all right. I had the MMR one as well, I think. Uh, I had the one that's supposed to stop you getting cervical cancer as well. I've had that. I've had quite a lot of vaccines in my time. I had a flu jab this year. um, Because I... I, (laughs) um, What else have I done? I think at some point I probably had tetanus. I don't remember. Um, I used to hate getting done at school. I'd be really scared, and I'd because because I, I knew that I would cry. So then, like, I got anxiety because I I knew I was gonna cry in front of everyone, and they'd make fun of me. And also, you're getting stabbed by something, and that's just scary in and of itself. But I, so I'm kind of dreading having to have the coronavirus one. To be honest, I'll still do it because you know I want to have a life again. But. I can't exactly say I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> but hopefully I'll start having normal dreams again and I don't have to kind of manifest them by writing poetry because it would just be nice to, to just have nice normal dreams and, and go off on adventures and not end up in a car with Michael Gove and badgers. There was badgers in the car. Like, we were trying to save the badgers because everyone was like, the badgers are doing it. And we're like, no, they're not. It's something else. I don't know why he was on my side with the badger thing, but he he, he was. And... <sighs> if that man turns up on my doorstep with badgers, I'm going to be really scared because it means it's starting. And I'm going to be terrified. I mean, if that, if that man turned up on my door just, like, anyway, I'd be scared, but... If badgers turned up, I'd be fine with that because badgers are really chill and we love them. But him? Uh Uh-uh. find me in the forest, soaking up what little sun breaks through the branches. I left a part of me back in London, as well as the beach streets of Blackpool and Barcelona. Sometimes the tiniest sliver still lingers in the imaginations that I cannot repossess myself from. I am trapped in ways I can't comprehend or express, but it's not so bad. 
I draw pictures of my grand escape on the side of my bottle, waiting for the day it will be poured and I will drink like the struggle is over. Seeing the struggle on the horizon but closing my eyes as escapism enters my mouth. What am I talking about? Last night, I woke up at 3am to cry about things, surrounded by unwrapped Christmas gifts that make me feel ungrateful and unmotivated. A calendar where I tracked all the things I wished for this year. The summer was uh, a sour decline from the sweetness of spring. I wrapped myself in a conspiracy, keeping myself in a cult because I needed to believe to keep myself alive. I saw meaning in many meaningless moments, so sure that it was sustainable, but then a train came hurtling and hurting, speeding down the tracks I spent the summer sleeping on, and I watched it, just smiling a little, cider in hand, ready for some kind of realisation that would never come, some justification of why I hurt myself over and over by helping him torture me, holding out my own heart and saying, here, handing him knives and excruciatingly empty messages that just let me know he was alive but not thinking of me too deeply because there was someone else or I was someone else and honeybee you know you're not the prettiest girl don't you so did you really expect him to stay do you really expect anyone to stay he wasn't the prettiest boy either but he knew how to make anybody feel like a princess, so he was always going to have a trail of girls with gaping eyes, dark and trailing with tears, mouths that howled on the bathroom floor, barely able to brace for the impact of a mirror and its cold, cruel realization that it was just another lie, just another day for someone like him. I'm not sick anymore. I don't think I was then, I just, I just really wanted to live in a land that I had created because humans crave love and I think that this was the year I finally became a human without realising it until it was too late and I was too cruel to myself. I was kind to myself in the autumn. He was kind too, not the spectre of my summer but the angel of autumn only appearing in the night sky when I was ready to live again, only able to lay kisses on skin and souls that had healed. He dries tears I hadn't realised I'd been crying and I fall back to sleep. I find myself in a forest. My phone is turned off and I am surrounded by air. I can breathe. I can breathe like I'm not going to die. The branches are brittle, but we stay strong together. I lay kisses on leaves that glitter gold and orange. I ask them to stay with me and they fall around me as I rest on the floor of the forest. Far away from train tracks and summer sociopaths. I stab my regret to death as morning arrives because I no longer need it and it's just a memory, a faded scar that is boarded up then painted over like an empty lot on the high street. I am warm as I awake, kissed and cherished by the gentle approach of autumn. There is blood on my beautiful face. 
honeybee. You're not the prettiest girl. You are a gorgeous woman. I didn't realize how long that was until I read it out and then I was like, whoa, okay. She had a lot to say. <laughs> she she had a lot of things she needed to say. Wow, okay. Um, I was thinking about uh, my blog when I started writing that because I, at the end of every year, I tend to write some kind of blog post about the year that I had and what I have done that year and what I learned about the human experience and all that kind of stuff um and I started thinking about what I'm gonna write for this year's one and then for a second I was like you know what I'm not gonna that's crazy talk no way um because <laughs> just the thought of it all the things that have happened it made me think oh my god no I can't that's oh that's madness Mm-mm. who do you think you are bitch you're not you're not Charlie Brooker you're not equipped for this um by the way, I am manifesting that Charlie Brooker will do some kind of, like, 2020 wipe. I'm manifesting it. It's it's gonna happen. Please. I need this. Anyways, so then I thought, you know what? I can do this. It's gonna be fine. Um, so I started looking at the old ones I'd done for, like, years gone by to kind of give me some ideas and firstly I thought wow these years were really chill in comparison what the hell and <laughs> and then I thought oh my god it's crazy how so much can change in 12 months right isn't it I mean that's like a really basic realization and I feel like I knew it already but I just like realized it again in that moment and I was like oh shit oh my god everything really is different for me I I live in a different house marmalade's not here anymore because I talked about marmalade if you don't know who marmalade is by the way marmalade is a cat that lived next door to me in my old house and we would hang out and be friends um and she would always want to come in my house I guess which was fine because it was you know it was cold I don't want to leave her out there um but she doesn't live next door to me anymore so I don't have a I don't have a cat friend anymore which makes me sad um oh my god what if I get a cat next year <gasps> that would be so cute <gasps> hold up I have to write that down sorry I probably shouldn't actually. Cats are a lot of responsibility. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, and you know, there was other stuff, you know, that, you know, I, I did lots of filming last year, which I couldn't really do this year. I did a bit, but I couldn't do all that much. Um, that was one of the things that really annoyed me about, um, uh, sort of the new tier system. I really wanted to go to London to film the music video for my new single, um, but I couldn't, so I had to use some footage I already had, uh, and, and just kind of get creative, <laughs> um, 
which was annoying to me um and obviously like there are lots of ways that things are different from last year obviously you know we all wear masks now and and you know all the stuff that goes with it i mean i don't need to tell you you're living it um so that's all a big surprise that i probably wouldn't have seen coming last year and that's a big change that happened then there was the other one obviously <laughs> uh so um yeah so obviously that happened didn't it um over the summer um you know because i wrote in this blog post all this obnoxious shit about how happy i was and all that and with this this guy and everything was great and then it was not uh and it was actually quite horrible um <laughs> uh but i i didn't know that then obviously <laughs> um but then cut to now and things are actually good again with somebody else and that's great and we love that for me but I was kind of thinking about the sort of the the journey towards healing that I went through kind of end of summer start of autumn well not really actually because I don't really you know what I mean like that kind of time when I was kind of trying to um, claw back myself from the whole thing and just um, be free of that, you know, because when you trust somebody and they hurt you a lot <laughs> I think it kind of it makes you think about yourself and what you think of yourself and after that I because it's hard because when someone tells you that they love you and everything it makes you feel good about yourself and you feel confident and you feel you know pretty and amazing and whatever but then when that all gets ruined and it all gets torn down you start to think oh my god evidently i am none of those things i am nothing of the sort like it really fucks with your confidence it fucks with your ability to trust people and it just makes you feel so fucking terrible. <laughs> um, and, and that happened this year for me. Um, and at some point during that process of trying to reconcile with the fact that that happened it stopped being about him and it started being about me and who am i and 
do I deserve these things to happen to me? And maybe I do. And maybe I'm not the kind of girl that deserves to be happy, you know? And you start to have this really um, crazed relationship with yourself because you're like, you, you hate yourself. Because you think, well, it must be something to do with me. Why would someone that was so nice and so great at the beginning... People don't just switch like that, do they? You know, it must be you. It's something to do with you. You did something wrong. And then they suddenly decided that they hated you and really wanted to hurt you or whatever. I don't know. Um, And then I kind of had this journey of kind of saying to myself, you know what? No, that's not a thing. That is not a thing, okay? You're a person too, sweetie. Like, it, <laughs> and you don't do that kind of shit to people, you know? You, and, and you know what? Most people don't either. You know, most people don't lie or hurt people or all that shit. Like, most people are just good people. You just happen to meet someone that wasn't. But that's not a reflection on you. So we have to pick ourselves back up, get it together and move on. Because we do deserve to be happy and we do, more importantly, deserve to be healed. And that is where we are now. That that was really what I was trying to... um, Trying to explore when I wrote that, you know how I kind of went from that point of just looking at myself with such hatred and saying this happened to you because you're ugly because you're annoying because you're terrible and you deserve to be hurt and you deserve to have your heart broken and to be humiliated because you're a fucking awful person this wouldn't be happening to you if you weren't like this this is obviously what you know what the reality is you thought you were that bitch but no it turns out you're just that I don't know you know you were feeling real confident but you looked ridiculous you know what I mean and then this other voice coming in and saying okay bitch calm down that's not true (laughs) that's that's not true that is not accurate because I'm gonna show you I'm gonna show you it's not true and showing myself that that I I didn't that I didn't deserve what happened to me and that it doesn't define who I am and that just because one person breaks your trust and hurts you that doesn't mean that it's a reflection of who you are And it doesn't mean that everybody's going to do that. And you know what? Even if they did, it's not a reflection on you. And finding your way back to a point where you look at yourself with love. And you forgive yourself for torturing yourself over it, you know? Um... And that is how you prepare yourself to find something else. 
and I'm very glad I did because as it all turns out maybe I do have something positive to write about from this hellscape of a year is dark, dirty streets, dirty air awake, dirty pieces of silver on the fishing rod of fate, daring her to betray herself again. Jump from your bed, the lion smiles and says, dragging her from dreams where she is more than just profit. Last night, she was at Greenwich Park, parked on a blanket with the boy she liked. Hands tight together, she kissed him just because she could, until the moon was high, sky shining with stars, and they walked home to a pleasant but not extravagant little apartment that they shared. Dawn was dark. She recognised it immediately. Bleary, bleak morning chased away her dream, the fishing line tapping on her window to the same rhythm as her incessant alarm clock, and she sighed, staring up at the ceiling for a second. That was her daily treat to herself, resigning herself to yet another betrayal. I have got to earn my key she repeats, line by line along with the fishing line. Sleep and dreams are for the weak. Following the glittering coins down the stairs, still half asleep but awake enough to know her place, she is dressed in darkness, leaving without breakfast, to join a collective of clouds just as dark as she, all led by lines of shining, spending money that always feels near enough to keep reaching for but has never met their hands in a meaningful way. She earns and she shops, but all she really wants is that boy. The one who lives in her heart and the little part of her brain that capitalism hasn't conquered. She wants and deserves so much more from the human experience, but the world is hard and has a one-track mind. Dissent won't do, so off she goes to earn, spend, scream into her pillow before passing out from the awfulness of it all to dream to be with the boy she likes for just a little while so one of the things that I have really struggled with throughout this whole thing um, is the focus on the economy. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that the economy is important, right? I get it. People need to have jobs and money and stuff. I get that. I'm not, you know, I'm not delusional or stupid. I don't, I don't think that we can just, like, do away with money or whatever. Um... <laughs> However, I do find that a lot of, particularly in the UK, our government's actions are more for the benefit of businesses than people. Um, Am I surprised? No, because I think that the British government for a long time has seen people as 
things that go out and earn money and then spend that money um, to keep businesses going. They don't really see us in a human way, um, which I think is part of the problem um, and is why that you know they are as ineffective as a government as they have been. But I think that is... It was easier to ignore before because you could you could find your own um, your own humanity and you could find people to care for you as a human on a human level and, and for you to do for them. But at the moment that's not really possible because you are locked away from other people essentially and so now for a lot of people the only things they have in their life is going to work and going shopping right the government with the new tier system that they bought in after the lockdown their big selling point was it you know the tiers are not a lockdown because there's more things you can do you can go shopping because we're opening up all the shops you can go and get your hair done you can go to the gym you can go swimming if you want However, the, the, <laughs> the, the issue is that all of these things, really, you're not supposed to go with anyone else, so you, you have to go on your own. And these are all things that make money for other people. So you can go to work and earn money for somebody, and then you can go shopping or, you know, go and get your hair done or go and get your nails done and give money to somebody but that's all now I, I I get it as well you know being inside someone's house is obviously different to um, you know going to you know the shop or something where they have you know procedures to try and spread you know stop the spread of the virus and whatever whereas you don't have that in someone's house um, and I get that but that doesn't make it easier because for a lot of people all their life has now become is go to work and then either go shopping to buy things you don't need to throw money at an economy or whatever or go home and just be on your own and so before it felt like a scam but at least before you had something to take the edge of you could you know go and see your friends or you know the person that you love or your family or whatever but now we don't even have that so the dehumanization of capitalism hits harder and it feels even worse than it did before because you're like Okay, so before I kind of knew that to, you know, the government and to businesses, I was just money. But at least I had people that saw me as a person that I could spend time with. Now, you can't. So it makes it kind of harder to carry on and to say, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to, you know, you know what I mean? It just makes it harder to accept that in a sense, this is all that there is, you know, you get up 
to earn money for someone else and then you have to give that money away to all these businesses that apparently it's my responsibility to keep going um you know to landlords to to just to every fucking person really <laughs> and then i go home and i'm by myself and i can't see my family i can't see my boyfriend and i can't see my friends and so this is all i am now i'm just someone who earns money for lots of different people that is my purpose now apparently and it's hard to escape from that when you're on your own and that is all you do you know um and it really fucking sucks and i think it's going to be like that for a long time I want to be hopeful and I want to say things are going to be better. But I mean, realistically, it was like this before. It's just, you know, we were able to have little things to distract ourselves. Um, and obviously, once things are a bit less pandemic-y, we could probably have those things back. And maybe it won't be as distressing to realise that essentially we just exist to make money for already rich people. But... <sighs> But currently we don't have those distractions, so the only way I can process it is to write <laughs> weird poems about it, you know. There has to be more to life though, right? There has to be something else, there has to be more, it can't just be you wake up, you go out, you earn somebody some money, you earn just enough for yourself to you know, keep yourself in a home and, and you just, you, you go out and you spend money on things that really you don't want but you're pressured to buy and then you die. Like, that can't be it. I refuse to accept that, that's ludicrous. But at the moment, there's a lot of pressure on people in the UK to go shopping, um, which I think is why the government keeps trying to push this as, oh, the lockdown's not so bad, you can go to the shops. I don't, I don't fucking want to go to, you know... Primark or just fucking I, I I don't know any other shops because there's fuck all on my high street anymore um <laughs> oh and I guess that's my fault as well is it um you know because there's you know we're hearing it from all kinds of people from the government from councils the newspapers as well the Daily Mirror's got this campaign shop for Britain shop for britain you know uh, never mind the fact that a lot of people in the in the uk right now don't have all that much money because of the financial upheaval of a fucking pandemic and never mind that maybe we're all really sad because you know we want to see the people we love and spend time with the people that matter to us oh never mind about that let's just all pack into the shops and and throw money at businesses because you know fuck our feelings right fuck our human experience fuck you know the fact that we actually exist and we are sentient and we are feeling all this you know just just shut up eat your porridge and shop for britain you little bitches right like come on <laughs> i just i find it very crass i understand that businesses need help and they need support and I get that but I just feel uncomfortable with 
the pressure for that going on to the public in the same way as I did with the eat out to help out thing over the summer you know the public being encouraged to go out and save the hospitality industry because the government can be asked um yeah this is the same government just throwing out contracts to their friends for things that never actually turn up in the end <laughs> um you know um but it's supposed to be on me to save my high street, to save all the restaurants around me, to save the coffee shops, to save the department stores, um, to save all the small businesses. I've got to do all this, you know. <laughs> and, and somehow, you know, in between all that, try not to go mad with loneliness. Um, it's not easy, it's not simple obviously <laughs> um, I just think capitalism's a bit shit really but unfortunately um, it's probably never going to change you know because it's good for some people and I'm not saying that like the opposite of it is the best way to go like you know communism or something I don't I just think if we're going to stick with capitalism long term, which it looks like we're going to do, we could at the very least look at reform, you know, because people have to feel like they're people. They have to feel like they're more than just money to somebody, because otherwise that's not a life, you know, they people have to feel like they matter and like like there is something worth living for apart from obligation to business and I think at the moment for a lot of people they're not really feeling that and so I don't think this is sustainable um (laughs) I mean it could be argued uh for quite a while actually that capitalism isn't sustainable but you know um this would be my argument the dehumanization and the way that you just feel that your entire life revolves around distributing wealth that you never really get to touch you know because it is working people that are earning money and pushing money in all these different places but do we really get to hold on to any of it not really Um, And if that is all that it feels like your life's purpose is, well, then you're not really living a life. So, I don't know. I don't know how this is fixed. I just think it's really trash and I hate it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say, you know, join a trade union, but these days they're not super helpful with this kind of thing, which is disappointing (laughs) it's funny like um sometimes i talk to my granddad about this and he talks about you know join a trade union they'll you know they'll sort everything but they don't really um not these days um maybe you know in his era trade unions were great and that's fabulous and i'm happy for him but these days it just they just kind of seem like playgrounds for rich people who want a path to getting elected 
to something in the Labour Party. So they just kind of hang around at trade unions for a while, fuck about and don't really help anybody. And then they just sort of end up in the Labour Party as like an MP or like a highly ranked councillor or a mayor or something. So they don't really seem to be doing all that much for workers because if they were how is workers rights in such a state right now you know what i mean um so i don't i don't think that's really an option for us at this point like i said i don't have the answers but you know what I'm apparently expected to also be saving the high street and all the restaurants and small businesses and shit. So maybe I don't have time, <laughs> you know, I, you know, and, and landlords who think they're just owning property as a job. So I, I don't have time to solve the problem of reforming capitalism. Someone else is going to have to step up to do it. I've brought the problem to, to you guys' attention. So if one of you is like really smart with maths or whatever, or money, science or just something that fixes this let me know and we can <laughs> we can talk about it it'll be fabulous never truly end. Sometimes you are swept into a sea that is full of knives, cold as ice, and you will always be drowning even when you are on the shore, shaking under foil blankets as voices all around you say that you're safe. You know that you'll never feel that way again. Wounds never heal if they don't close. Dark nights never truly end when you're done living them, but you try to live because there's nothing else to be done. One foot in front of the other, one step two steps. You scream as loud sounds force their way under your skin. You spend the night huddled at home wondering if you'll ever be free, finding yourself back at war as you wash the dishes, legs and feet sore from phantom torture. Your dreams are sickening scarlet, spilling from your father, brother, from your own wounds that will never truly close because you have gone to places that were never supposed to be seen running through the mountains, calling out to clouds in hushed tones because your throat aches and you just want freedom. You just want freedom, sweet and so far away. It came in a sense, but you were never truly free because memories are your own personal prison and you were locked up. Logging on to see cringe queens wearing the flag of your hell across lucky, undisturbed chests. Basic bitches sell trauma that they never owned, convinced of their purity because being a bay for Bernie obviously absolves them of turning terror into their latest wares. Standing at shop fronts holding up slavery, torture, rape and genocide and saying with a sick smile, we made the ISIS flag pink so it's aesthetic. So there are these um, these two girls in the US who have this podcast called Red Scare. Um, to be honest, they strike me very much as like, 
you know, people who will say and do anything for attention. It doesn't seem that they they have any real wired down kind of views on things um, or opinions. It seems like they will basically say and do anything for attention. Um, I, <laughs> I saw... Let me see if I can find who said it. Um, a really great description of them the other day. Somebody referred to them as Instagram communists. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty much it. There is this whole thing in the last couple of years of people online who will basically jump on leftist ideas without really understanding them to be honest because if you if you watch these people talk about these kinds of things it becomes very clear very quickly they don't actually have all that much of an understanding um yes it was uh i'm so sorry if i'm pronouncing this wrong i'm really sorry um as always but diva shadnia who is a geopolitical analyst um who specializes in the middle east um and she was discussing uh this situation that happened but anyway so there's this whole thing of people jumping on on leftist ideas and leftist causes because you know it it's it's popular to be leftist now that's a thing um I mean, not when you go to the ballot box, obviously. <laughs> We're still losing there. But um, online, you can get a lot of clout from just sort of vaguely saying left-wing things, even if it becomes very obvious very quickly, as it does with these girls, that you have a very limited understanding of what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so you combine that with sort of saying very, um, you know shocking and attention-seeking things and you can get lots and lots of attention which seems to be their whole deal um the reason people are talking about these girls is because um there was a viral post on social media showing a collection of merchandise they released which was isis themed as in ISIS, the terror group that have killed thousands of people. ISIS, the terror group that have kidnapped and sexually abused thousands of people. ISIS, the terror group that, you know, repeatedly tortured and killed lots and lots of people and then filmed it and then put it all out on the internet. I... One of the shirts is like this pink monstrosity. I, I, I don't even. Just the, the the nonsense of it. I. People were responding, and these these girls got really uppity about it. You know, there was one person who who responded and said, "My dad's entire family is from Mosul." which is um, one of the areas that was terrorised by ISIS. If he saw you wearing this in public, it would remind him of the pain, suffering and trauma of our family and friends. Which is a fair point. These girls are basically 
for the sake of being edgy and controversial, they are wearing something that is incredibly traumatic to real people. Isis is not a character in a film. It's not something from a book. It's a real thing. This group terrorised people. They still are, actually. Just because Donald Trump said that they've been defeated, that doesn't make it true. Um... They no longer have a caliphate, that's true. They don't hold all that much territory anymore, but the Islamic State still exists and is still terrorising people. Right now, as I record this, that's happening. Um, And for these girls to wear this, just to be edgy and controversial, just fuck off, I hate it. I absolutely can't stand this shit. Um... (sighs) If you want attention, do something worthy of attention, not this kind of shit. Someone else responded and said, thousands of girls and women were raped, slaughtered, or taken as slaves by ISIS. But hey, edgy, right? That's a fair fucking point, you know? (laughs) God. Mimicking a terrorist flag as a fashion trend, I... I just, and, and you know, the worst part is like a bunch of their stands are fucking defending them and acting like it's hilarious and, oh, you guys are so triggered. Well, actually, yes, but like in the real sense of the word, not just some stupid internet use of it, but like in a real sense, there are people that will be genuinely traumatized by this because their lives have been ruined by this group because they were lucky to survive you know because because a terror group terrorized them that's 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 a thing you know so yeah there will be trauma for people there will be people who are genuinely triggered by something like this seeing the the you know an emulation of the flag of of the people that persecuted them yes yeah that's a thing you know triggering isn't just something you know if someone says something you don't like or whatever it's it's a real it's a real thing and that's you know these stupid bitches i it's just embarrassing man i so one of these girls responded and my god I mean I get it they're doing it for attention and you know we're all giving them attention by being pissed at it but at some point you have to say something because I'm speaking in very kind of left terms here and I'm sorry because I don't know how else to say what I'm talking about but you know As a person on the left, um, I do feel that we have to be responsible and we have to call this shit out when we see it. We can't just let the dirtbag left just do what they want. For those that don't know what that means, by the way, um, the internet describes the dirtbag left as a style of left-wing politics that eschews civility in order to convey a left-wing populist message using subversive vulgarity. Um, basically, 
we can do better than this and we have to do better than this and I just this shit is just full on I mean that's the irony of it really these people they'll go on you know about privilege but I mean it's privilege that allows you to be on the dirtbag left really let's be real um Anyway, she made up a bunch of excuses about how someone did something similar first with sort of co-opting the ISIS flag and doing a parody of it um, and whatever. And so, you know, they did it. Um, but it's, you know, it's parody. Um, it, it was a riff on a sticker or some shit. And, and, and then she said that the outrage was manufactured. Fuck off. Stupid cow. I... I just... This girl's not a child either. These girls are not children. They are 29 and 35. They should be beyond this childish, petty nonsense. This is the thing. It's just... It's immature. It's needless. It's pathetic. And I've had enough. I've had enough of privileged American people who like playing at being left because it's cool now, doing this embarrassing shit, and then getting uppity and angry when the rest of us are like, you guys are embarrassing us. Can you not do this? Can you please not do this? You're making it harder for just everybody else can you just shut the fuck up with your nonsense like I just there's no need for it it's you know and 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 it's like so many people responding were saying you know there there were people who who were genuinely affected um by the actions of the Islamic State these girls will never know what that's like they will never know what it's like to have been captured by the islamic state for example or tortured or terrorized by them they will never have that experience and even though i think that these girls are stupid and awful i'm thankful for that because i'm thankful for anyone that doesn't have to go through that because i'm i'm a normal fucking person with empathy and i don't think that this is a game or some fun little thing i can stick on a t-shirt to be edgy you know what i mean but these girls I feel like they lack empathy because they've never had to have it. You know, these are girls, they don't really appear to have struggled much in life. For them, being on the left seems to be just like a fun status symbol, like a game. So, you know, to them, it's just all a laugh. So they've never really had to think about hardship for other people and, and being kind and compassionate. It, it never occurs to them because they've never had to think about it. Um, truly, in a way, I pity them. Um, because I I don't think I'd want to live life like that. Um, I would say that I'd hope that they would learn from this, but I just, I don't think they have the capacity to do so. So <laughs> I guess I'll just keep pulling shit like this. Um, which is a shame because... Real people, 
are getting hurt. You know, this is not, you know, people who survived ISIS have access to the internet and they see this shit. They see people taking their trauma and making it into a fashion trend or an aesthetic. They see that. It shouldn't need to be said, but it does, apparently. I just... I'm tired of this shit. It's not funny, it's not cute, it's gross. I am begging these people to learn from this, but I know that they won't. And that sucks. vaccine is happening I I'm recording this like super late like in the week which is good because it means I can sweep up some of the news at the start of the week but anyways the first vaccination has happened it's a lady called Margaret Keenan she's 90 years old she had on a little Christmas t-shirt she looked really chill um she had a vaccine today Tuesday um so that's exciting. The government are trying to like kind of get our hopes um, down, I think. So they're trying to say, look, this isn't going to happen all at once. Don't get too excited. Relax. It's not the end. We've still got to keep going for a little while. But I mean, that's kind of cool. And we're having fun with that as a concept. <laughs> um anything else happen before I can oh the Brexit negotiations are coming to an end and it is looking more and more like we're not going to get a deal which is not very punk rock of the British government not gonna lie I <laughs> I'm not really shocked I can't lie I kind of I figured this is gonna be the way that it it went because I just I feel like this is something that that they were aiming for which makes me it makes me nervous I'm not gonna lie I'm not really having fun but at this point there's nothing I can do about it you know that there's nothing that I can do to uh to change it you know so I'm just kind of waiting and hoping that maybe a deal will just come out of nowhere um if a deal does come out of nowhere it's probably going to be shit but it's the best we can do right now um 
so Brexit is like waiting for a new pope. We're just kind of sitting here waiting to see if the smoke comes out. Like, what? Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was like a very like Catholic reference. <laughs> Most people I assume don't actually sit and do that. Like I, I'll be sitting there with my snacks like, mm, who's it going to be? What's going on? But most people, they wouldn't care, which is fair play. Um, anyway, uh, there's been a lot of people breaking lockdown restrictions, but they've all been like famous people. So <laughs> Kay Burley from Sky News, um, she put out a little Twitter apology uh, Monday night and she said evening everyone I want to apologize to you all for an error of judgment on Saturday night I was enjoying my 60th birthday I I'm confused about this because this girl does not look 60 but there we are um, at a COVID compliant restaurant I am embarrassed to say that later in the evening I inadvertently broke the rules I had been waiting for a taxi at 11 p.m to get home desperate for the loo for those outside of the UK that means toilet um, I briefly popped into another restaurant to spend a penny. Um, again, for those outside the UK, that means go to the toilet. Um, I can only apologise. Um, okay. Um, essentially... Um, According to um, other outlets, um, Guido Fawkes, who have the ugliest website in political journalism, the story goes a bit deeper. And so Kay Burley apparently, allegedly, they went, like her and some friends, um, including Beth Rigby, which annoys me because she's like one of my favourite political journalist <laughs> she's the thinking man's Robert Peston anyway uh <laughs> I'm so mean to Robert Peston I he seems a nice guy he just goes on anyways um so they all went to allegedly two restaurants together despite not being in the same household which breaks the rules and then they went back to Kay Burley's house allegedly um, which is obviously breaking a lot of rules and breaking more rules than Kay Burley's tweets would lead you to believe. Um, so now everybody's angry with them, particularly Beth Rigby, because she was one of the journalists who really went after Dominic Cummings for breaking the rules way back in the first lockdown. Um, Kay Burley did not present her breakfast show as usual, on the Tuesday. So now no one really knows what's going on with her. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I don't imagine anything is really gonna happen. I think it's probably just gonna be slap on the wrist, don't do it again, uh, pay a fine, whatever. Um, so other celebrities, um, Lawrence Fox made a big thing about how he had a meal and he had some friends round. Uh, frankly, I don't believe him because I don't believe that he has friends. Um, but he says he did and he got dunked on by a bunch of like medical professionals who were like, you're a selfish bitch, um, which was fun to watch. Rita Ora, who is a pop star, um, 
I don't know why I said it like that. I, I mean, she is. She makes pop music. Um, she has breached the rules twice. Uh, so the first time, uh, she had a birthday party. Um in a restaurant in Notting Hill. Um, there are apparently 30 people there, which is a breach of the rules. She described it herself as a small gathering. Um, she apologised to the public and said she was really sorry. Um, you know, uh, it was reported that she'd paid a £10,000 fine, but the council said no, she didn't. So, okay. Um, but then, after getting over the first breach, she only goes and does it again. I. <laughs> what is with this girl? I, I just, I don't understand. I mean, is she doing all these things because her label won't let her release new music and so she needs to keep her name in the papers? Because, like, there are easier ways to do it. Like, I, anyway. So this time, she... <laughs> She flew to Egypt for a private performance on the 21st of November. And then when she returned, she should have isolated for two weeks. But instead, she threw the birthday party. So it turns out the birthday party wasn't even like the biggest problem. Yes, she broke the rules to do the birthday party. But she also should have been isolating at that point. And she wasn't. <laughs> So she had to do another, another apology. <laughs> because, I mean... So she said in a statement that she deserved criticism for her actions and she would donate her fee from the concert to charity. Um... <laughs> she said that she knew she should have followed government advice and isolated when she got back. Um, and she apologised again. <sighs> okay. Okay, sweet. Here's the thing. I... I mean... <sighs> Rita Ora more than, like, Kay Burley, but, you know, she has an audience she has people that pay attention to her and what she does and she at a time like this should really be setting an example but instead she breaks the rules like twice in one week and and so then when she apologizes you start to think okay fair enough but then it turns out she she did it again and you're like well are you sorry though or do you just think that the rules don't apply to you? And when the public start thinking, oh, but celebrities get to do what they want and, you know, journalists get to do what they want and whatever, and members of the government get to do what they want, so why should I follow the rules? And then that's how you get people breaking the fucking rules. So, especially as we're at such a fucking key point where we actually need to be following the rules because we're so close to the end, having a bunch of public figures publicly breaking the fucking rules and they're not even really looking that sorry about it I... it's annoying to me
I'm sick of it, but, you know, I can only be responsible for myself, I guess, you know? Um, and it's hard because, you know, I, I've stuck to the rules all the way through this thing, you know, because I, 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 I want it to be over. <laughs> so, you know, I, I do what I'm told. Um, also, I'm a Catholic, so doing what I'm told is kind of a thing for me. Um... You know, we're all we're all natural submissives. We just do as we're told. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so you know, it, it's frustrating watching other people just do what they fucking want, really. Um, but all I can do is just say, well, I'm I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do, and hopefully things will work out. And we'll see. Um, Lord McGuinness from the House of Lords has been suspended for 18 months for being a bully and a homophobe and good fucking riddance um i jesus um he he is a twat <laughs> really i mean that's just he made homophobic remarks about uh, Hannah Bardell, who is um, an MP for the SNP, um, and 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 I guess he's surprised that there are consequences to that because he still does not see that he did anything wrong. Um, so basically, what happened was he was at the parliamentary security gates, and he was trying to get in onto the parliamentary estate, and a security um, officer said no because he didn't have his entry pass which is fair enough they have entry passes for a reason and it's not just to inconvenience members of the lords it's to keep everybody safe right so <sighs> Hannah Bardell saw what was happening and she saw him basically bullying this security officer so she raised it and she tried to have something done about it because she believes that bullying staff is wrong. I know, what a what a horrific person she is for believing that people shouldn't be bullied at work. I'm sure that Pretty Patel is going to try and have a locked up for that one. Um, <laughs> so he, Lord McGuinness, was then being interviewed about it. And he said this. Queers like Miss Bardell don't particularly annoy me. Yeah, because, you know, how do you stop yourself from being labelled as a bully? Um, oh, I don't know. Throw homophobic slurs at someone who was bringing up that you're a bully. That's interesting. I just, I mean, what the fuck is wrong with this man is the big question. What is wrong with him? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Um, he has also been found guilty of harassing Labour MP Luke Pollard. Um, he just seems like an absolute twat of a man. I, I mean, I just, just a horrible, horrible person. Uh, but the House of Lords voted 408 to 24 
to suspend him for 18 months. Um, of the 24 who voted against suspending him uh, were quite a lot of awful people. Um, one of which uh, was uh, caught fiddling his expenses, someone who used the n-word to defend himself when he was suspended over sexual harassment so you know some really great people voted against suspending this homophobic bully which is just my god the house of lords what an institution uh <laughs> there's going to be a new statue of margaret thatcher in her hometown of grantham my thoughts and prayers go out to the people of Grantham because what the fuck. Uh, the local council is underwriting a £100,000 unveiling ceremony for a statue of her um, with the idea that the money is going to be, like they'll get the money back in donations apparently. Yes, because lots of people are going to want to donate to the unveiling of a statue for one of the most unpopular and unpleasant prime ministers of all time. Um, it is a 10 feet statue. It looks hideous. I <laughs> These poor people. Can you imagine walking down the street and she's just looming up at you? I mean, Jesus, just haunting you. Like, can you imagine? That'd be fucking horrible. Um... They did, uh, they did propose initially, um, the people who made the statue, I assume, to have it put up in Parliament Square, and that was rejected, so they offered it to the council, um, where she calls home. Um, there are a lot of people who say that the cost is insulting to local people who are currently struggling financially and then the council is just throwing hundreds of thousands of pounds that they don't know for sure that they will get back, by the way. Because they can say, oh, yeah, we expect to get the money back in donations, but they don't know for sure that that's going to happen. Um, you know, at a time when people are struggling and public services are, are cut to the bone, throwing hundreds of thousands of pounds at this is a bit i mean it's a lot of audacity let me just say um there was lots of cringe content from the councillors <laughs> uh, a conservative councillor called robert reed in the area said she was the iron lady who put the iron back in britain honestly the weird like obsession that some Tories have with this woman and how they talk about her like she's their mum or like a god or something it's really creepy and weird um <laughs> I mean this is using taxpayers money really you know because they can say all they like as I said you know oh we're expecting to get it back in donations but they don't know that that is going to happen so they are essentially using taxpayer money for something that isn't really all that necessary. A, a statue of some girl who was kind of from there that's probably going to get vandalised because she's so unpopular. I just... I think, especially now, it's not a good thing to do. But, you know... I guess that's why I'm not a Tory councillor, because I'm, I'm sensible and I care and I think we should do normal, 
good things with people's money rather than throwing it on shit like that. Anyway, on to something more positive. This year, apparently, is the 60th anniversary of Coronation Street. Um, which, for those outside of the UK that are unaware, Coronation Street is a soap opera set in Manchester. And it's, it's broadcast on ITV and it's, it's been with us for a while. I, I know that some of our soaps have made it outside of the UK because on the <laughs> on the EastEnders subreddit, there are lots of people from America that are watching EastEnders. And I'm like, oh, oh, you watch EastEnders, I watch EastEnders. How exciting is that? So, you know, it's, it's quite nice seeing these things go global. Anyway, so they had uh, a little debate in Parliament to celebrate uh, the 60th anniversary, it was part of the adjournment debate, and it was led by Tracy Brabin, who is a Labour MP uh, for Batley and Spen, and she used to be in Coronation Street, so, you know, <laughs> she she uh, she was very excited about that. It was, it was a really cute moment, actually, just having lots of MPs just stand up and talk about it, and I know that some people will say, oh, but don't they have more serious things to do? But... I think, especially at a time now, when British culture is suffering because a lot of, you know, venues can't afford to to stay open, they don't know what their future is, um, a lot of, you know, musicians, writers, actors are suffering financially, I think an MP using time in Parliament to bring attention to how much cultural stuff matters how much are our TV shows that we make here, movies, music, books, how much they matter. I think that is important and I think it sends a message. And, and she is an MP that really has been at the forefront of trying to get more support for the arts and for the creative industries. And so I'm, I'm okay with this and I'm not going to get mad about it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a cute little moment. It was fun. Um, Gavin Williamson from the theme tune is back at it again. Gavin Williamson, for those that don't know, is the current education secretary and a complete moron. Um, he was asked about the vaccine because um, there was a lot of sort of questions about, you know, how we got the vaccine sort of approved and everything and whether it was done too quickly and things. Um, and one of the things that a lot of Conservative MPs were saying was that because we're no longer in the European Union, we can authorise things quicker. And so we were able to get the vaccine done and out quicker. Um, this has now been debunked by pretty much everybody. But <laughs> Kevin Williamson was asked about this on LBC earlier this week. And he said... I just reckon we've got the best people and medical regulators much better than the French, Belgians and Americans have because we're a much better country than every single one. Oh my God. Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. This man's in charge of all the schools. I mean, are we expecting much better from Mr, you know, Russia should go away, it should shut up? No, but uh, this shit's embarrassing, man. We're already trying to rehabilitate ourselves on the world stage and this man is not helping, you know? I... <laughs> 
speaking of people that are not helpful prince william and kate have decided that they're taking the royal train and doing a tour across the uk to thank key workers for their efforts in the pandemic Because, yeah, you know, nothing cheers you up more than being visited by people who treat the public and the taxpayer like they're sugar daddies. While, you know, you, people, you know, working in public services, getting yet another pay freeze. I'm sure that's going to make you feel great. Um, I mean, here's the thing. They can go wherever they want on this little tour. They can go and do what they like. We, meanwhile, some of us can't even leave the county we're in without getting into trouble and potentially getting fined. But these people, they can go all over the place, wherever they like. We're paying for it because we're going to have to pay for their security and all that. And for what? Does anyone need to see them? Did anybody ask? Did anyone stick their hand up and say, I really want to see Will and Kay? Mm, like, who asked? I just... This reminds me of when Eugenie, who is like an even less popular princess, she's one of Andrew's children, and, and she was like, oh, I'm having a wedding and it's going to cheer up all the public. And it's like, no one even really knows who you are. No one cares about your wedding. Shut up. You're not going to cheer us up. If anything, you're going to depress us because we know that our money's going towards it. Fuck off. I just... These people, man, they're so out of touch. They're so terrible i just i've had enough of it i'm sick of it um but yeah will and kate are going on a big holiday or whatever going all around the place going to see all the people and smile and wave <sighs> great fabulous hopefully you know it'll be over and they'll just go back to doing whatever it is they do day to day God knows what it is, but I really don't think it's worth my money, to be quite honest with you. Earlier this year, I started Diverse First, a poetry radio show on Alphabet Radio, which celebrated diversity in creative writing. I really enjoyed putting the show together for you guys and featuring some amazing creators. And I was really overwhelmed with the response that we got for the show. If you want to listen again while we're on a little break, then you can find all the episodes of Diverse First from the very beginning on alphabetpride.com. And if you're interested in getting involved in Diverse First, we are currently taking submissions for features for the next series. You can find more information at my website, jenniferwan.com. And I can't wait to find your voice and share it with the whole world. something. My pen is panicking, hovering over a wasteland, watching the minutes move on, pleading for my attention. 
I need to write something. It's October, where I am at least. The last time you kissed me in your car as I thought about the night before and the morning when I woke up with the sun saying hello through small cracks in the blinds as I buried myself inside your arms. I need to write something. I'll be in awful trouble if I don't. I'm already in awful trouble anyway, so part of me thinks, "Mm, what's a little more? I need to write something. My pen tries to pull me from fantasy, but as usual, I ignore the ink and I do whatever I want, falling back between my sheets, dreaming of you doing whatever you want. That was not sad girl hours, that was bad girl hours. (laughs) I, um, so, you know I said about how I'm trying to write every day, right? So I have like a cutoff point. I have to have done it before quarter to midnight, right? Because otherwise, like, I may as well have not done it that day. So I have to have something written by that point. And some days it's really easy because I just have ideas all the time. But then some days I have no ideas and it's really hard. And some days I'm just really distracted. And I, I, I'm like, I have to write something, but I, I, I can't because I'm busy thinking about other things. And then, you know. So what I decided to do, I was like, mm, let me write about being distracted by the weaknesses of being a human, you know. As that one demo that Mariah Carey recorded for Brenda K. Starr said, I have a strength of heart, but a weakness of the body. But like, you know, in a very um, specific ways, it's like, you know. Anyways, um... So I was like, let me just write something about the kind of feeling of knowing that you have to do something, but being really distracted and not being able to do it. But because it's writing and I wrote it, I am doing it. So it's like a scam, but like not really. Oh, my mind is so powerful. Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, I mean, I kind of need like to be um pushed to be productive because other I mean otherwise I would just I would get distracted all the time and, and I would get nothing done and I just spend my whole life in a little dream world which actually sounds very good but I mean I have stuff to do so I can't just stay there all the time thinking and being all like daydreamy and stuff but <laughs> um so it's kind of about being distracted and trying to focus but failing miserably but in writing about that I overcame it and I focused and I was productive so I'm actually kind of proud of myself thank you